Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also Raw, NXT, Duper, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night SmackDown. It's been a bit all over the place over the last few weeks. It's nice to be back to some sort of normality. Yeah, um, had a. I wouldn't exactly call it a week off. Any parents listening will know that if you take time <laughs> off in school holidays to entertain your children, it's far from time off. But it was time away from pro wrestling. Obviously, we. This is one of the things that you know WWE falls into a lull when it shouldn't. But we as fans, I think, are permitted sometimes. Um, fans, observers, whatever we all are, yeah. are permitted to kind of maybe just need to sort of take a little bit of a step back after all the huge WrestleMania buzz. Wrestling just continues to go on, and you can sometimes find yourself getting lost in the churn. So it's good to go away from that. But I find in my return to it, in watching SmackDown in preparation for this exact podcast, I was desperate for the mind of my esteemed and learned colleague, Michael Sidgwick, because that man knows his way around an analogy. He's a fine, cunning linguist, by his books for proof. Yeah. But. I'm not so skilled in that regard. And for a long time now, I've been trying to find the analogy or the like the reference point to articulate what it is that I feel about SmackDown because I feel something, but it's not any of the feelings you're supposed to feel. <laughs> and the one I've arrived at, because I think sometimes what I bring to this in contrast is the ability to just have patience with WWE beyond the pale. The reason of never walking away from this stupid thing that often gets so bad that I really should. I also really like, or did like, I'm getting a bit too old for it now, quite honestly, but I used to really love theme parks, right? So I was thinking about this in the same way that I would once think about the anticipation and excitement of a theme park. Mm. You go to a theme park, and yes, there is sometimes a long drive to said theme park. There might sometimes be a long wait to get in, and then indeed long queue before yeah. you go on the roller coaster. But then ultimately, that payoff makes you forget about the long drive, the queue. Favourite theme park? Uh, Alton Towers. Yeah. I know I might be a bit too basic, but I just, like, I would, me and my now wife, uh, when we were young and stupid and had the time and uh, a bit more disposable income, would make an annual trip to Alton Towers. One of the best days of our collective year. We'd go in October when it was quieter. Smart. You need the weather on your side, but even a bit of cloud is actually perfect. Real yeah. ones know that a bit of cloud is actual perfect theme park weather because it will put off the, like, the last minute decision makers yeah. on the day. 
Or like me, you get heat stroke in Alton Towers. Well, exactly. I suppose for you, like summer in a queue all day is a, <laughs> is a dangerous proposition. But yeah, so I started thinking about that and like how all it would take would be that 30, 40 seconds of a thrill on a roller coaster and you would forget about sometimes the hours that you'd put into just yes. achieving that thrill. Like oblivion. Uh, yeah. Like 10 seconds. One of my very favourite rides because the high is so high in that moment, obviously literally, and then you're dropped <laughs> like into that hole. And then I was like, well, so it is... Is SmackDown like that? Is that what it is? Am I just, am I just sitting and I waiting? I was like, well, no, because it's not, it's not really the thrill. So maybe it's just the fact that like I'm just left with all this impotent anticipation of maybe being in the queue for the ride. Then I never go on the ride. The ride just shuts. And it's like, I'm not really in a queue. You're all sat there buzzing, being like watching a ride going around. You're thinking, oh, yeah, that, I'm excited about that bit. Or, or, which seat's going to be the best seat? Yeah. Roller coaster queue talk. We've, mm. all, we've all lived it. We've all heard it. I'm not even doing that about SmackDown at this point. So I'm like, am I just in the car on the way to the show? We just, <laughs> when, are, when are we going to get to the wrestling show? And it's like, well, no, because in the car, you might be listening to some good music. You might be having some snacks. There's a sense of anticipation. There's a buzz. There's a vibe. There's a joy to this whole thing. So I've realized that watching an episode of SmackDown is considering, but not planning, going to a theme park. <laughs> it's me and you in the office being like, you know what we should do? Like, we should do a staff trip to Taunton Towers. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably get on with the work now. That, <laughs> that is the closest thing I can identify as a living experience to what it currently feels to be watching SmackDown. And yet I feel now like if I was your dad taking yeah. you to the theme park and on the drive home, half the rides were shut. But I was like, those other rides were, were pretty good though, right? Because I quite like this episode. But again, I think that's because I went to this unbelievable WWE theme park a few weeks back, and that experience still lives with me. Yeah. So I'm like, guys, they've got to make some changes before <laughs> they can have the big you know, theme park day in the summer. So I love, let's no, just allow on. for them to make these adaptations. Maybe we're the best place to have this recorded disagreement, because I was at that theme park, and I went on all those same rides, and I had the best time yeah. ever, 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 ever. And yet somehow... I feel like all of that experience has been chased away by these by these television shows that I... So this is the thing, right? Again, detaching for a week. We might actually talk about SmackDown a bit, mightn't we? Yeah. But detaching, <laughs> detaching from a, for a week, right? I am still cursed by the disease of being a wrestling fan. And I, I watched the wrestling. I wasn't maybe... I'd, I've not been on Twitter as such. I've obviously not been contributing to the podcast or articles. It was a week off... It's, it's only when you take time off that this is actually work because you book in holidays. You do the things that yeah, you yeah, yeah. do. Like, I'm still watching the wrestling... I like see, that's, that's where you made your mistake. I don't watch any, I don't watch any wrestling. Or I, I kind of help myself, but watch. It's in my, like, my, my internal diary. It's like, oh, it's Tuesday. Best see what happened on Raw. And like, imagine having that brain. Imagine living your life with that I, brain. I thought that, and then I thought, no. Like, that's what I did. Imagine. So my, maybe why I like SmackDown more is the fact that this is my first taste of wrestling since, what, probably like Dynamite a week and a half ago? Yeah, but like, imagine, like, Imagine, that's not even you, right? Imagine that you, you just live with that person. Oh, yeah. Right? Imagine that you live with that person. It's like, oh, it's Tuesday. We've got to get up together and watch Raw. Like, my wife is that person, but she's unaffected by it. It's just me living with my own brain, saying, oh, Tuesday. We all do it, yeah. I'm having the internal conversation. I was like, oh, I don't need it. I'm not covering it this week. Yeah, but years before you got this job, you weren't covering it. What was your excuse then? Get in front of that in television for three hours again. <laughs> I'm guilty of it as well. Maybe less so with the TV, but certainly with pay-per-views. Like I told you, I remember when me and the wife were booking a honeymoon, mm. that she was like, this thing is sort of, sort of late January. And I was like, well, which late January? Because the Rumble's <laughs> in January. And I do not want to be flying on the day the Rumble happens. Yeah. Like, I don't mind not being there for the Rumble, but I need to be in a place where I can watch the Rumble. Now you say that, right? You say that. Would you 
be willing to go on honeymoon hypothetically for a big Royal Rumble as long as you weren't going to miss the greatest Royal Rumble. Because you of all people, <laughs> I can't think of a single incident in the greatest Royal Rumble. Imagine if there was such a thing called the greatest. Oh, there wouldn't God. be daft enough to be so literal with that. But imagine there was a greatest Royal Rumble. I can't imagine the moment that you would want to miss in a greatest Royal Rumble. You just wouldn't make those kind of plans. My phone it? nearly exploded. <laughs> I was on a mate's stag do, and we were in deepest, darkest whales. So no signal. And a man fell over. And a man <laughs> fell over. And I, genuinely, I think it was two days later. Because I was like... Did, I, we struggled to get internet at all to, to you know, send a text or whatever. Uh, so, like, I wasn't worried about, like, oh, I better find out what's been going on. And the moment we passed into, you know, England. Yeah. Uh, we got, my phone just went insane. And everyone's like, and it was like, but it was from two days ago or something. It was just, it's just bonkers. But I, uh, yeah, now people are starting to make plans for the summer. And they're like, yeah, 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 we'll do some camping some weekend in the summer. And I'm like, which weekend? Because there's quite a lot of Saturday pay-per-views coming yeah, up. We've got three stadiums. Yeah. Left, yeah. <laughs> One was in the UK, and I'm not missing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know how to feel about this show. I think I think my lack of watching of wrestling for over a week made me... Like, I was grateful for the recap segments this week. Well... Uh, th- and they were like, previously on SmackDown, and I was like, go on, please tell me, because I've, I've not seen it. Yeah. See, again, I'm still obviously in before being off mode because I'm in preview mode here. Normally they've given us nothing to talk about and we just need to catch up on each other's shopping lists for the yeah. first 10 minutes. There. <laughs> there is actually a wretched broadcaster review here. And yet at no point have I thought to myself, I, I, I really want to get to that point where we can do it. You know what's happened this morning, right? Cedric's doing the Rampage uh, review. Mm-hmm. Also available on this exact podcast feed. Please listen to this one as well because I know for a fact that Rampage one will be better. In the office this morning, my first day back in with all of you guys, um, having a chat with Murray and Cedric and yourself about the events of Rampage. There's no microphones in that office. No. We're just talking about it. We're debating it. Certain quality matches, certain things we like, we didn't like the booking and that sort of thing. We are in front of the microphones doing something that people listen to <laughs> and have yet to approach the broadcast and have not thought, we've really got to cut this off and get on with it now. <laughs> like, I, this is what I'm saying about SmackDown at the moment. Uh, look, I think there's a big reason why, the biggest reason why, and I'm prepared to acknowledge it. And in fact, I will be doing in about... 1,500 to 2,000 words that will be on whatcoach.com forward slash WWE soon about what I think is the biggest problem with this show. I would like to talk in more detail about that on this show, well, and I can't because they're keeping him at a bit of a minimum, aren't they? Which I think is just further to the problems on this. Mm. SmackDown is a problem. SmackDown is two hours, one hour less than Raw, and Raw is better. WWE, explain yourself. Yeah. How have you gotten yourself into this mess with your billion-dollar wrestling show? Yeah, I will say I enjoyed elements of this show, but I'm not going to be all-praising. So let's dive straight okay. into it. We started, well, with uh, Postman Pierce working with us to SmackDown. Um, and then we had a good old-fashioned contract signing for WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, one of the best things I think they've got from, from WrestleMania to lead to WrestleMania Backlash, this storyline. I thought, we said this at the time, we enjoyed the match maybe more we so than only people. people in the world that did <laughs> and i thought the story the way they got the way they've got to where they've got is brilliant in my opinion like all all the hallmarks of your your bog standard feud but with two mega stars i.e both of them have got a claim charlotte flair the heel less so well i got i won i pinned you i got the well you, you cheated you also tapped out blah 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 and now we're building to this great i quit match and Again, another little Wilborn cheat code. Beat the clock challenge. Two thumbs up from me. Love a beat the clock challenge. Right, we've come apart at the seams in the first segment. Then, <laughs> um, 
I, I, I thought this was terrible. I well, no, was... I'm not talking about that segment. I'm just talking about next week. Oh, okay. Be the God <laughs> Challenge. Right, I love enough, that. Yeah. Contract signing is a contract signing. So, out comes Charlotte Flair. Uh, Drew Gulak's now a reporter? Question yeah. mark? I, I mean, I'm glad he's getting screen time. I'd, I'd prefer if it was through wrestling, because Daniel Bryan kind of showcased, for anyone who wasn't aware, that he's bloody brilliant in the ring. Is this... Well, we'll do Drew Gulak, Gulak now. I know he feeds into the, the end of the segment, but... Is he not just the latest age-old? Is he not the, um, I don't know, Gunther Stark, let's say, handsome man? Like, you don't... WWE cannot be watched, at least not by somebody like my age. And I'd like to think, like, we cover... I'd like to think our audience covers a variety of different ages. So I welcome feedback that suggests otherwise. But we have to be so far removed from you want to see your favourite wrestler be pushed as you would like your favourite wrestler to be pushed. If you love Drew Gulak, then what you need to keep remembering is that if Drew, Lack is, Drew Gulak is getting profiled on television, then he's getting... He's more likely to not lose his job. Yes. And if he's happy in his job, then you can be happy for him. Drew Gulak, the character. Drew Ka- Gulak, Gulak, the wrestler. If I can get my teeth in to even say his name mm-hmm. correctly. Is a lost cause. Every Everybody... this Everybody... It's fundamentally a lost cause until they're <laughs> briefly found, until they get lost again. And I just, maybe it's maybe it's like uh, I'll turn myself out of this funk soon myself, but SmackDown is where this feels most prevalent. Mm. The stories feel so, there are so many like loose ends and dropped threads in 2022 alone. Like this show reminded me of a few, yeah. and I'll try and bring them up as we go along. But there have been so many things that have just been dropped, freezing cold in 2022, that... Even when it appears as though somebody's going to get a story, they're not. And it's gone. Mm. So Drew Gulak right now is not wrestling, but people are like, I like Drew Gulak the wrestler, so I'll get to see him playing Smackdowns in the morning out to Funaki for a few weeks. They might just drop it. Because mm. they dropped loads of other stuff. Yeah, it was just surreal to see him in there, but I'd seen the stuff about you know Charlotte Flair attacking him the previous week. Anyway, Gulak saves the segment because bloody Pierce has forgotten the contract. He runs down and he begins to set up a PowerPoint presentation for the I Quit Rules. And I thought, I'm into this. And then, of course, Charlotte Flair ruins it, which is good heel stuff. Mm. Tells him to shut up, says she'll get him fired from this job, etc. Rousey's already come down in the midst of all this, by the way, as well. Uh, Flair winds the crowd up, by saying, oh, still champion, beat her at WrestleMania. And everyone chants, you tapped out. Uh, And she promises, no, she says, no, I didn't tap out. I was uh, trying to fix my bra. I'm going to make Ronda Rousey say the two most beautiful words in the English dictionary. She's going to say, I quit. Uh, Rousey fires back at her. Um, uh, Rousey pl- promises to make Flair tap out at WrestleMania Backlash and explains that you know the rules aren't just, you know, there are no rules. It means the referee can't save you. She's going to scream, I quit. She's not going to just get a basic submission in amongst all this. Anyway, Flair signs the contract, pass it over to Rousey. But before Rousey can sign it, Flair flips over the table to reveal a hidden kendo stick that, of course, has a bit of history between her and Ronda Rousey. Goes after Ronda with it, but Ronda catches it and uh, uses it against Charlotte Flair. Drew Gulak comes in and separates the two of them. Rousey is furious. She hits Gulak. She flips Gulak over, hits him with this Piper's pit, basically, uh, and puts him in the armbar. And I thought the visual of her with Gulak in the armbar, getting him to pass her the pen so she could sign the contract and then torture his arm was quite a good way to end this segment. Love that little bit. That one little detail was uh, the, the thing that almost gave this a passing grade because I like that they'd put a little bit of thought into what Gulak's place is beyond being a Gulaki. Is that what they're going to call nice. him? Is he going to be posting Pierce Gulak? Let's just talk about the authority again for a second because we're back into that position where there's suddenly about 50 people. So the hierarchy, 
That's right. Vincent Mann is still at the top. Yeah. Even though he's the doddering old fool hanging around with Austin Theory, he's still theoretically the top guy. Underneath him is Stephanie McMahon. Still, she comes out every now and then to... Yeah. She does the draft stuff, doesn't she? She's always the person she telling... She brought people. out Gable Stevenson at WrestleMania. Yeah, Gable Stevenson, so she's in a big position. I guess on the same level as her is Triple H, especially now he's left his boots in the ring. He's just mm. strictly an administrator at this point. So below them two, Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville. Although Sonya Deville's presumably on... Well, like, leave to... A little while ago, it was jacket on, jacket off, wasn't it? But yeah. that seems to have been abandoned now. So then below them is... The Drew Gulaki. Yes. That's right, isn't it? So that's who we've got to... So if, hypothetically, Shinsuke Nakamura was like, I want a title match against Ricochet for the Intercontinental title, remember that, who does he go to? <laughs> does he go to the lackey who then has to feed it up the chain? Or does he do what Austin Theory doesn't just go straight to Vincent Mann and skip all them? Are they now a little bit like Austin... It's gone above our head. Sorry, Theory. Theory's gone oh, above yeah. our head a little bit here. Like, is, is Theory going to suddenly invoke the anger of the middle management as most middle management tend to do when they feel like they've been <laughs> overlooked for the big bar. I didn't like the rest of this. Um, Ronda Rousey, it, Ronda Rousey is a thing that I'm trying to make happen rather than it just being a thing. And I worry that if they don't put the title on her with real conviction at WrestleMania Backlash and there is a hell in a cell the following month, so you've got to think about that. If they don't put the title on her with enormous conviction at WrestleMania Backlash, I wonder if there's any way back for her. They handed her one defeat in that first run, and it it wasn't just that, but the fact that her run was so fantastic made it so believable that she mm. couldn't be stopped. She's been beaten already in this comeback, and the noise isn't what it was. Rousey herself has said that she doesn't. she's never really felt super comfy cutting the uh, white meat babyface promo. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is high stakes, but maybe not all for the right reasons. <laughs> I think there's there's something to to, to go down here. I think I st- I'm still holding out hope for it. It's got, it's got to bang like this match. Absolutely, just has to be like I want to think about this. Like I did Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. I think the fact that that's the last example I can pull from is not ideal. Mm. Charlotte is not having these with the regularity that we once saw, um, but I think it has to be on that kind of memorable quality. If I was fantasy booking this, I'd have completely, I completely agree. A banger where she just, you know, she gets put in all these positions because Charlotte Flair cuts all these corners, but she just refuses to tap out. She's a complete badass mm-hmm. uh, and eventually just gets her in that Stephanie McMahon. Are you ready? I'm about to break your arm spot and forces her to submit and then maybe does it anyway or whatever. Maybe you run it back at Hell in a Cell. It's kind of, you know, within WWE's purview. And like you say, you've got the big stadium shows coming this summer and you don't really want to burn through too many people. Mm. And I'd almost have that be the catalyst for the beginning of Ronda Rousey's turn. I think you need to turn turn her maybe around summertime, so maybe not necessarily summer slam, but as we head towards the autumn, we need to be seeing those chess pieces put into place that oh, Ronda Rousey's not as babyface as we thought. Maybe even get her a mouthpiece. Mm wrecks people, destroys all your favourites at the Royal Rumble and all the others, Survivor Series, whatever it may be, and uh, maybe some shenanigans in there. Charlotte Flair goes away for a while. Need that. Yeah. Um, and Becky Lynch starts, I mean, potentially, tonight on Raw starts that that turn towards being a baby face. But, you know, maybe you can have her, and I know Asuka, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think Asuka's potentially returned tonight. If you want to make sure this Becky Lynch heel's done, have Asuka beat her and have Becky go away again to come back as... Or, or just transform a little bit. So I think there is potential here, but I get where you're coming from in terms of they really need to put everything behind Ronda for the I like being. all that, though. It's the thing. Everything you've just said there, I like all of it. Mm. Um, but it, all of that has to start with the 
first bit going right. If they, are, I'm with you actually. If you can do a very convincing I quit, followed by that one last chance for Charlotte Flair type thing. They put was it Drew and Bobby Lashley in a cell as mm. Drew's last chance that he lost. Like so, you can do that. So all right, Charlotte Flair gets one last go at it. She's got a bit of manipulative power with Pierce and Develo, whatever. And then Rousey beats her again to kind of solidify what she's done. You kind of forget then about the WrestleMania defeat a little yeah. bit. Um, but the first. The first bit now has to be right. Like the I quit thing has to be right. Yes. If there's any, if you're doing a hell in a cell because there's any conjecture about the decision, you've knackered it. If you're doing a hell in a cell because somehow Charlotte has escaped yet again, you have knackered it. it yeah. is, it's got to be Rousey convincingly. I still think Ronda Rousey hasn't lost on pay per view, in my mm. opinion, or premium live event, whatever you want to call it, because you had the uh, with with Becky Lynch. That was less intentional, yeah. but. I think the Charlotte one, I'm like, well, that's not a real win, is it? And I'm, that's that's the sort of mentality WWE, I think, want fans to I think coming that, in. I think, that's it. I think you're right. I think they want people to think it, but I think that's a much harder sell unless you very quickly yes, rehabilitate. Yes, exactly. Uh, we got Xavier Woods versus Butch next. And again, thankful for the recap of Butch attacking Xavier Woods last week. Uh, back and forth early on, Woods uh, knees him in the face to take the advantage, uh, gets a near fall off a clothesline, but then... Butch comes back and stomps on uh, Woods' elbow, targets his arm. Uh, Woods recovers, sends Butch out to the floor, uh, drop kicks him into the announce table, and then there's a big shenanigan with Kofi out there and Ridge Bully Holland and Sheamus, and Butch jumps over the heels to attack Woods and take us to a break. When we come back, again, uh, Butch in control, targeting Woods' arm. Woods fights back. Uh, Butch recovers and hits a release suplex for a two-count, but then out of nowhere, Woods catches Butch as he's... Woods is coming back into the ring with the backwards for the win out of nowhere. And post-match, Butch is a very grumpy boy. He's furious. He jumps out of the ring. You know, Sheamus and Holland can't, can't control him. He attacks the security guard. He storms off. I don't really know what they're doing with this Butch character. He's sort of scrappy-do a little bit, but yeah. like bad scrappy-do. But I'm just hoping this is the catalyst to move on from this bollocks. Right, so... Well, first of all, I need to just educate people about podcast apps because they've never had the need to look at... Anyone listening to this, this podcast or any of ours will have never needed these buttons before. But on podcast apps, there's a skim forward 15, 30 seconds, yeah. skim back 15, 30 seconds. Again, it'll have never come up listening <laughs> to this podcast. But first of all, when it comes to Pete Dunne and Butch, I would welcome anybody skim back about 30, 40 seconds to when I was talking about Drew Gulak. And thus, here we are with Pete Dunne as well. Stop to anybody that still like feels for him He's getting paid to be a WWE wrestler. Mm. He's not getting paid to specifically be Pete Dunne. He's there to be there. Um, what's that like, pretentious film director called? Like Joey and the actor in Friends when they're doing that play. Oh, film. yeah. I like my, my moving lumps of trash or something like that. <laughs> like, you are bad actors. <laughs> like, that's all they are to Vincent Mann, Bruce Pritchard, and the, and the lads. So this is what Pete Dunne will be. All of that said... I think this was one of the only things on the show I liked. Okay. I like Butch, and I like him, I think, more than Pete Dunne. We've talked about this. You know how we had that, like, awakening, not long after the fans came back, where, like, I think it was probably with the Alexa Bliss character. But certainly, um, we, can't, we kind of came to realise that the nonsense made far more sense in WWE than the sensible stuff. Yeah. When somebody was so out there, so ridiculous, so stupid... The universe's rules had been so decimated over the years <laughs> that they they were the clever ones. We were the stupid ones for thinking, well, why wouldn't a doll just suddenly appear in a turnbuckle and distract you? <laughs> you you're in WWE, you should know that that's a yeah. possibility. Like so all of a sudden the, the wacky characters were the ones that made the most sense. Butch is scrappy do 
man-child who he loses matches, but he just he's so angry he just fights anyway. This brainless child has more in a way is a more logical characterization than Pete Dunne, main roster wrestler. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And you. I get and I get the character too. I was at a bit of a loose end with it. I liked Pete Dunne. I was a bit of a loose end with who he was. Mm. I know who this little weirdo is. <laughs> like he's nowhere near anyone that you would ever see. He is a cartoon. But this show is more cartoon than reality. Mm. So yes, Xavier Woods beats him in a match. And it, this thing with the New Day goes on and on and on with Seamus, Ridge, Bloody Holland and Butch as if it wasn't finished in a minute at WrestleMania itself. Indeed, yeah. So we are, con- this is all the foibles of modern WWE, all the things that are fundamentally wrong with this as a weekly show. But if you're tuning in, to, as, as WWE welcome you to do, switch your brain off and watch this mindless pro wrestling adjacent content. I know who Butch is, mm. and I can't say that about a lot of people on the show because they have to exist in these strange little bubbles where the thing they were doing last week doesn't exist anymore or the thing they're involved in does not matter or, you know, the camera that is on them in a locker room isn't there. Yeah, Butch, I believe currently, is running from one city to another, getting, like, hauled off people. Like, like a stray dog <laughs> is biting at the ankles of people and then being shooed away. And he, goes, ah! and he growls and he goes off to the next bin to get some food. And, then goes <laughs> there. and he's just going to, by chance, appear on the next SmackDown. Like, Seamus and Ridge Holland haven't got there. They haven't drove to the next town. Butch is just running. Yeah. Like, if, if anybody, if, like, one of those animal control vans catches him, <laughs> he's not going to make it to the show. But in my head, Butch makes sense. Yeah. I get it. Like, I... I don't know. Like there was a, it was it um, Aaliyah and Ricochet. Literally about to happen. Right next segment. Yeah. Like that's probably why they're there to in my mind. Like about a month, two months ago, maybe just before WrestleMania, Aaliyah was like a record breaker, beating a record breaker, mm-hmm. dead, dropped. Ricochet is like I'm the Intercontinental Champion, and Aaliyah's like, oh, you're doing really well as the Intercontinental Champion. Is he? He didn't work WrestleMania. Mm. Like that doesn't make any sense. Butch eating out of bins and biting strangers' legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with it. Yes, Aaliyah praises Ricochet backstage following this uh, for beating Jinder Mahal, of all people, last week. Yeah. What does uh, any of this mean in reality? Runs off all the names that he's beaten recently, uh, and he says, look, it's an honour to be Intercontinental Champion. Put some respect on that belt. <laughs> uh, and uh, he gets confronted by Jinder Mahal and Shanky, who mock the, the fact that he beat Jinder relatively straightforwardly last week. Uh, and Ricochet says, I've got no problem taking on Jinder or anyone else. I'm a proud champion. I'm proud to defend this. And Shanky goes, all right, I'll face you then. Jinder's like, whoa, whoa wait a second, what? And then it, that's it. Ricochet wanders off. Could you feel as well? I don't want to dedicate any more time to this than we already have, and I do apologise for rambling on this one. Could you feel that the, the butch, the inner butch within like Bruce and Vince and Johnny wanting to make this more sex stuff, but it was like, we've got to save that for 2.0. Yeah. Aaliyah and Ricochet could fuck, but we've got to, we've got to keep <laughs> all those juices for 2.0. They were just, they were holding themselves back yeah. just now from making it any more sexualized. Pacing themselves a yeah. little bit. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Then we got Gunther in action uh, against Teddy Goods. Goods. Teddy Goods, yeah. Uh, and uh, there was uh, Ludwig Kaiser doing the introduction for uh, Gunther, and he just he just wrecked this dude. He put him in the corner. He stomped on his head. Suplexes. Some really hard echoing chops to Teddy, uh, and then he does it to his back as well. And he's just. He's just done, and Gunther picks him up, puts him in a sleeper hold, and when you think that's all well and good in the end of the match, he transitions that into a powerbomb. One, two, three. Straightforward destruction squash here for Gunther. Yeah, but not entertaining. I, God, I'm already worried about the pattern that this is emerging here where you're saying, like, what about this, Hamlet? It's like, well, here I am being a miserable bastard about why I didn't like it. <laughs> The only thing that I can see getting this gimmick out of the sludge that it's already slipped into is if they continue to change the countries that Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther are from to allow for different flags, to allow for different colours. Because I do like that they're kind of... Oh. I love the bright colours, I'm into that. But, like, can we get them to Bulgaria so that they can come out in all green, for example? Ooh. You know? Um, I... Uh, they can be Scottish for a bit, so we can have them all in blue. Maybe with, like, white crosses on or something like that. Whatever you like. Treat yourself. Think of your favourite flag and uh, have them come out like that. You know. I, I think the solution to this is really simple, and it's get someone like me, right? Forget about the size. The size is the thing. I get it. Oh, look how big he is, and him chucking around this bloke. You're trying to get over the chop. You can chuck around anyone. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Yeah. Get someone like me whose skin bruises like a peach, <laughs> right? And just get one chop. One, you know, Jack Swagger, we the people, handprint across someone's chest, and it's over. He's suggesting that yet again they change his name and his nationality and they make him an Italian called, <laughs> called Paolo Wancho. <laughs> I, I just, I thought, what it is, right? This is a, you know, Sidgwick's doing rampage. Lance Archer loses all of his big matches, every single one of them. Like, never once do you think Lance Archer's going to pull it out on the big night. His squashes are absolutely amazing. <laughs> they last like about a minute. Yeah. Like, I, like it left Walters in the, in the dust. I like, they can't, they just can't present this man as the man he was. And I don't think there's any way out of it. I, I see nothing that tells me here that he's ever going to be any more than, like, he wasn't on this show. But in a year's time, if you do the lumberjack match with whoever happens to be having a lumberjack related for you, then Gunther's doing that. Mm. He's not readying himself for 
Roman Reigns or anybody else. See, I disagree. I think they're just keeping him warm right now. And I think they're going, let's not do anything too big because we don't want people going, look at this guy, right? Because we want you to be re- ready at a specific time. I'm not saying he's not ready. I'm saying they're not ready to push him yet. So all they're doing right now is going, right, uh, three minute beat this lad. And then we can edit that into a nice package. Because I get it. You want to see more sort of Braun Strowman-esque squashes. Yeah, I... But there's no point doing that unless you've got an idea for him and you haven't yet, unless you want to head towards sort of maybe him battering Ricochet, which will would be the making of him, in my opinion, with the amount Ricochet can, can go, jump all over the place. I suppose that's fair enough, yeah. You have to, the thing is, you have to watch Gunther versus Ricochet and pretend you're watching Walter versus Prince Puma mm. or something like that. You know, I, I don't like, or, or for that matter, Walter versus Ricochet two years ago in WWE's own product. Like, 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 you have to imagine a match from a different time or a different place, and maybe they can have that. I, I get it, I suppose. I think, like, when it comes to keeping Gunther warm, I wish he still had his increased BMI to do it instead of the man. He looks incredible. He looks amazing. He looks absolutely fantastic. Um, and not just because of his handsome face and, like, defined, <laughs> very, very nicely defined jawline. He looks brilliant. He's done everything. The thing is, right, and again, I think there's probably still Walter fans that are wishing for more of the old Walter. Walter has done everything to be the best possible Gunther. Yes. And it's time for kind of time for everybody to accept that and see what can come from that rather than from what might have come before. Uh, in the back, it's Riddle and Randy uh, talking up uh, Riddle's match with Jay Uso, having Riddle beaten Jimmy Uso, I believe, the previous week. Uh, Riddle just says he's just bloody so happy. So nice to see him so happy. He's in SmackDown. He's visiting his mates, including Drew McIntyre, who you may remember has a little bit of history mm-hmm. with Randy Orton. And there's an awkward moment and uh, Riddle and Orton are going to be lumberjacks in that um, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn match later. Uh, but Riddle reassures Randy that he's not going to have to wear flannel, so that's good. Yeah. And uh, McIntyre says, look, I know we've got a bit of history, but anyone who's pissed off at the bloodline is kind of all right by me. And, and Orton notes that everything's good between them, and Riddle's happy. McIntyre agrees, and they walk away. And then that little scamp, Sami Zayn, appears from behind a bunch of bins and like gets a little smirk on his face. And I thought, God, I love you. Yeah, like Zayn immediately tremendous, as he always is. And better, look, better to do this exposition as, like, exposition heavy as it was, better to do it than not. Hmm. Ra- thank you before I get to ask the question, how are Drew and Randy just suddenly fine with each other answering it for me? Yeah. I genuinely appreciated that and Zane being the little payoff to it, with what, especially with what was to come for him, was pretty great. Especially with money in the bank on the horizon. Well, indeed. Well, indeed. There's a chance. Oh, I hope you're right. Like This is not one of them ones where like we, me and Cedric sometimes have to take the fatherly role. <laughs> like a firm hand on your shoulder and be like, no, son, I'm sorry. You, you can't have this one. Like... It's not paid here yet, and you've just had a Switch game. Yeah. You, you can't have that. I, I want to give you this. I think there's I, a, I, 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 I'm, I try and say this almost every year with Sami Zayn, because I think he'd be so good with the briefcase. And I think, you know, when we, do, we talk sort of rumble around maybe yeah, like yeah. November, and we're like, they're in that, they're in that holding pen. And it's always really hard to assess the shape of the... Like, you can't... You try and make rankings out of a place that is oh, impervious yeah. to it. But Zayn feels... More closer to it than yes. further away, doesn't he? Yeah. Anyway, Zia Lee, she used, to, she used to be a protector. Now there's no one worth protecting. She's going to protect herself. So she's a heel now. Well, right. Talk about, like, dropped threads. So there's nobody worth protecting. Like, when, over the last three months of doing nothing, did she decide that? Did she, <laughs> did she protect people for, like, two weeks and then think, hmm, 
and it'll give us some real thought again. <laughs> but then rather than paying somebody an, an awful lot amount of money to animate her in a series of really deep and meaningful comic book skits, rather than doing that, she said, that was a waste of money. I think I'm just going to go and contemplate things rather quietly over the busiest time of my working year <laughs> and miss all that completely and then decide. Like, come on. This is the total opposite of the last segment. Thank you for not making me want to ask some pretty big questions of your characters. No, you've shown me something where I need to ask about 10. Yeah, it was just dumb. Rubbish. Absolutely dumb. And uh, thick, thick stuff for anybody that takes this on just for the sheer th- fact of I like Zylie, I hope this is a change for her. Like, want more. Want just, more from your show. I just like the idea of, you know, it was sort of superhero-esque the way she was yeah. presented of like, you know, stopping people who attacked her family or... I liked it. I thought it, it was, was so great. stupid and brightly coloured. But I like the idea of like Spider-Man, you know, because there was one I'm right in thinking where she was like saving someone who's getting bullied in the street or yeah. something, right? Spider-Man doing that for a couple of weeks and then someone going, help, Spider-Man, I'm getting robbed. He's like, oh, bloody hell, again. Just sort yourself yeah. out. I sped up of this. I said like 50 people in a week in New York still hasn't cleaned itself up. What is their point? <laughs> Just sacking it all yes. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, people weren't exactly going wild when fake lightning was going around her. So maybe it'll work a little bit better for her entrance. But yeah, they really did sort of go all in and then go, hang on. Yeah. It wasn't pushed after the fact, was it? Two or three weeks, then it was just disappeared. It wasn't, let's draw back in a second. She saved the layer and went, there you go. Yeah, did a couple of house shows. We said it, didn't we? Yeah. Did a couple of house shows in Italy, like, they're not happy. Anyway, uh, Riddle J. Uso came next. Uh, shout out to Pat McAfee, who was, ironically, on fire commentating mm. on this one. Lots of 420 references, which I very much was entertained by. He talked about how much of a big week it's been for Riddle, and maybe he can come down from the clouds now. Uh, there was even a point where Jay, I think, chopped Riddle, and uh, McAfee said... Riddle's lungs taking a beating this week. I see. So I like I I eat meat, so I'm not an herb evore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't quite get the references. What was it? Was it was it the weather or something? Clouds, something like that. Was yeah. He, um, has he been battling a cold? Was it a protocol <laughs> thing? Is that why his chest was? I don't. He smokes weed. Oh, it's Mary Jane. Oh, of course, the old Benson and Hendrix. <laughs> yes. It tickled me regardless yeah. of Pat McAfee. But then again, I love Pat McAfee. The old jazz tabs. Yeah. All right. I think I've had oh, I oh, I had the turn on, on Pat McAfee the same way that Andy Murray has had with Danhausen, where I was like, who is this prick? When he first came out in his shorts and he's shouting on uh, pre show. I, I love NXT. that. I, I'm a bit of a Pat then McAfee lifer. I, I, I think, I think yeah. it was that Survivor Series weekend. Was it Survivor Series yeah. when they had the War Games one? Where yes. It was like, Let's go! <laughs> and I was like, oh, that, that hit me somewhere. And then ever since then, you know, fighting with Cole in, in NXT mm. and then just... Oh, oh, and now, oh, oh. Yeah, he's one of my favourites. So yeah, he's great. Isn't he? uh, anyway, so Jay and Riddle, I mean, we've seen versions of these guys mm. wrestle on multiple occasions. So it was kind of, a, you know, by the numbers match in terms of that. Aside from a few sort of nods to their uh, either partners or opponents, Jay dropped a Riddle, back suplexed him onto the announce table right in front of Randy Orton. Uh, that takes us to a break. When we come back, Riddle hits Jay with a Pele kick, forearm suplex, uh, but then Riddle goes for a senton and misses, and Jay regains control. Uh, Riddle fights back, final flash, floating bro. That gets a near fall. Gets the draping DDT on Jay, and Orton hits Jimmy with a back suplex on the announce table just to you know repay the favor. Riddle goes to the RKO. Jay avoids it and hits a... Oh, I've got to put this over. 
beautiful sort of pop-up neck breaker. Mm. I thought it looked sensational, that yeah. did. Uh, Riddle hits a running knee, but Jay hits a super kick as he's stumbling around. He goes up top for the Uso splash, but Riddle gets his knees up and rolls up Jay for the one, two, three. Glad this feud continuing. I'm glad we're having the unification match. And for, a, like I said, sort of by the numbers match we've seen quite a few times. Really enjoyed this. Love, love seeing Riddle and, and one of the Usos in the ring. And love seeing Riddle and Randy against both of the Usos and looking forward to WrestleMania Backlash. Yeah, tricky this because it was... Oh, I wanna... Roman was watching and was pissed off. Yeah, because he was a solid does now. We the ones. This wasn't... Be unfair to call this empty calories, but it was only a Burger King compared to a McDonald's, and I don't need two Burger Kings in a row. It was I've had the same match. Burger King does has the best chicken sandwich, so it does out of McDonald's. Arguably a better burger as well, I think. They keep telling us it's real fire, but like it's I like a Burger King, love one, and I really enjoyed the Burger King of the first Matt Riddle Jimmy Uso match. Mm -hmm. I got a bit less out of the second one. It turns out one whopper was enough. I just I don't know. I've made myself hungry now, and all I've got for dinner (laughs) is a porridge pot. I'm trying to lose some frigging weight. The the, this feud, I think I'm. You ready for this? Go on. I'm just like Pat McAfee. I'm not quite as high on this as you are, despite the objective quality of the work. They are. They're making me less in because of the all they've really got is matches to build matches. They're making me less interested in the outcome, and I think they're relying on us to care a great deal about the tag belts, like being unified as the reason to care about WrestleMania backlash. All well and good. All Vince McMahon said, it's not a big ask. All he has to do to make me care about the tag belts being unified at WrestleMania Backlash, two things. I don't think they'll be asked. Travel back in time and stop that New Day Street Profits belt swap from ever happening. <laughs> Number two, at any point in the last 30 years of my life, try and show me that you care about tag wrestling. Mm. Either those two things, and I'll care about the belts being unified at WrestleMania Backlash. See, I'm different. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Well, I'm really enjoying this because I think, WrestleMania Backlash is the beginning of the end for RK Bro. I think Usos mm. win the win the unification because they, they referenced here that Usos are fast approaching. I mean, it's still a fair way off, but could be coming up to a year as tag champs yep. and that with the six hundred odd days. Yeah, absolutely. And I get it. We yep. the ones, you know, acknowledge them. They're the best thing around. Um, and I think, well, I'm like, well, what's that do? And then you've got Hell in a Cell and these big summer shows. Well, your answer's right there. Yeah, it's a big match. It is. And they've earned it as well. It's one of the few things in WWE they've worked at and worked at and worked at. Um, it's Randy Orton week this week. That feels like that's just been my life for the past, like, 20 years yes. or something. But um, they've, like, this summer could and probably should be the summer of the Riddle Orton Payoff rivalry. It's the making a riddle, in my opinion. I you think know, he's going to be in around a world title. And I, th- and I think so, too. I think the story of Matt Riddle as a WWE main eventer will be linked to this story. Right? It was last, If you think about it, it was last summer at SummerSlam when they won the tag belts. And it was at that point where it was kind of like, I'll get off the pot yeah. with RK Bro. And they decided to do one long sh- And it's come out as anything but that. So, yeah. if, like, honestly, fair play to them. I have very little to criticise about this other than not particularly caring for either of the men specifically. It's absolutely going to be the making of Riddle, as you say. And it's probably... It, has this been the best consistent in-ring run of Orton's career? Yeah. I, th- I think it probably has. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, like, I think the Orton hot tag is something I'm more engaged in than anything else he's ever done in his career yeah. on, a, on a week-to-week basis. So, yeah. Uh, then we had the uh, women's tag team champions, uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi, come out and chat to... Um, 
they recapped what's been going on with them. They talked about calling their shot at WrestleMania. Fans broke into a quite, quite right, a you deserve it chant. Uh, and they went through everyone that they've beaten recently and obviously what happened with, with Rhea and Liv. Uh, and they say, we've got no competition left. And then Bret Hart, and then, sorry, and then Natalia uh, and Shayna Baszler came out and said, oh, you never beat us for the titles. And, uh, and then Shayna said, yeah, we're going to win the tag titles off you and pushed uh, Sasha Banks. And then they just sort of awkwardly stood there. And I thought, fine. SmackDown having a champion who is objectively a star with absolutely no believable opponents. Imagine that. Twice, but <laughs> not twice on the same brand. I love um, the the effort that uh, since they've basically been forced and wedged together, the effort that Sasha Banks and Naomi oh, yeah. to be a team, to be champions of some prestige. They are tr- what they're trying to do, and I, this is all headcanon. I like to think that Sasha and Naomi are plugged in enough to realise that everybody looked at these from the off and thought, "What are you doing, lowering yourself to these belts?" So they've thought. Right, if that's what it looks like, we're going to have to lower ourselves to bring everybody back up. Mm-hmm. They're going to fail, but I just have such admiration for watching them try. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, then we got Mad Cat Moss backstage warming up ahead of his match. He was approached by Happy Corbin, uh, who said, look, you made your point. Let's you know, walk under the bridge. I forgive you. Uh, you know, let's, let's get the band back together, basically. Mad Cat Moss said, there's more likelihood of you growing hair back on your head than us becoming friends again. And he laughed and Corbin stormed off and thought, you'll pay for that. And boy, did he. Uh, and then we got a video package for Raquel Rodriguez, uh, who makes her debut next week. Good stuff, I thought. It just She's a big woman with a big old back. And yeah. she just batters people. Yeah, her NXT run at points underwhelmed, if we're being honest. Leave the bike in NXT. <laughs> There was a few things I'd like her to leave in NXT, but they what they did including a surname. What they did once was build her as a big deal. And if you recall, all of us were on board with her being the right person to beat Eo Shirai. So maybe that proved to be a little bit too much too soon. But this time around, maybe she's had that time and you start you basically start her all over again with the same story of when she gets a title shot, yeah. the champion's in trouble. Exactly. Add some more. I thought the video package added some fuel to that fire and that fuel. Diesel, yeah, Kevin Hart. <laughs> I'll get it now. Yeah, sorry. Actually, I think I just said Kevin Hart as well, not Kevin. Kevin Hart. Hart. Easily mistaken. Very similar. Uh, right. Then we you got considered how close that name is to like my dream pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Angel versus Madcap Moss. Uh, did the kiss cam. Uh, Madcap Moss had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Trophy at ringside, which he gave a lovely little kiss to before the match. Uh, generally, Moss in control, except for when Umberto. Well. Uh, interferes, trips him. That allows uh, Angel to catch Moss with a drop kick uh, and take control. But then uh, the finish sees, uh, again, more interference from Umberto. Uh, Moss sends him out to the floor with a clothesline, though. Uh, hits Angel with a shoulder block and the punchline to get the one, two, three. But this is all about the post-match. In comes Baron Corbin, jumps Mad Cat Moss from behind, beats him down, end of days to really put the the, the point on that. And then he jumps out of ringside and steals the Andre the Giant trophy. Of course, former holder of this trophy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I thought this is for a, for a match we could see coming a mile off after WrestleMania. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I think they've got... You know what, I'm going to give WWE credit for not being WWE here in terms of the fact of for the last couple of weeks, maybe maybe a week, maybe I'm being far too generous here. 
but they didn't just go right heel to uh, you know uh, heel turn well not heel turn but right split up of this group and now you have to keep feuding. It's like they went oh, okay falls out with with Happy Corbin goes on his own little thing. Happy Corbin goes I'm not letting you forget that mm. like I've gone away I've given you a bit of time but now bollocks here I'm kicking your head in at WrestleMania Backlash and he's not going to obviously this is the the trajectory unfortunately for for Mad Cat Moss and not for Corbin but uh, yeah I thought this was. Great, very by the numbers, but good stuff. Yeah, it's I, it's WWE stolen possession stuff, as well as being the the split of the two, isn't it? Like the, he'll retrieve his stolen goods and get his big win. Maybe, and this is the thing. Unfortunately, maybe that's two matches instead of one. Like, ah, oh, Madcap Moss got the win, but he hasn't got the. But Corbin's ran back off with the trophy, so they're gonna <laughs> have to go again. You know, um, I they they like people nicking each other's things. I'm gonna go back to Butch. You know how I said I could picture Butch getting from one building to the next? Try and picture Baron Corbin with that massive trophy. <laughs> like, that's a ball ache. He's got a big car, though, hasn't he? He has got a big car, I suppose. I bet he just, I'd just, like... Put the if, seats down in the back, it'd be fine. Wouldn't it have been, like, smarter to nick Madcap Moss's braces or something? Uh, like, that's, that's to come. That's, like, <laughs> that's what he's going to steal. Like, all, <laughs> all he's going to have left is those he shorts. put his hands on the hat. He's nicked his braces. He's going to nick his boots. And then, oh, and he's going to be like... Uh, Madcap Moss is going to be like... Uh, you know what they always used to say? Belt and braces. I only need the first one, Corbin. And I'll see you at Money in the Bank. <laughs> I don't care about any of this. What am I saying? I like these guys and I don't even care about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I did like, and I've sent you maybe not gone the same way as I mean this. <laughs> Sami Zayn, cap in hand, going to see Roman Reigns. I did like this. Locker room. I like this a lot. He was great. Reigns is furious, obviously, with the Usos. We the ones, the bloodline. I'm smashing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, and uh, basically, Paul Heyman comes in and goes, My tribal chief, we have a visitor. And in comes Sammy Zayn, just going like, First of all, I acknowledge you. Brilliant. <laughs> re- really good. And he said, I just want to let you know, um, I'm not sure if you've heard this through the grapevine. I know you're not, you, I know you watched the match earlier, but you're probably not watching the show. I don't like to tell tales. Yeah. I'm not a snitch, I think he said at one yeah. point. He said, um, but, <laughs> but, and then he released it. He said, <laughs> I heard RK Bro chatting to Drew McIntyre. And uh, let me tell you, uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but RK Bro Lumberjacks in my match later on with Drew McIntyre. Uh, and of course, you know, oh, oh, you guys are facing them, aren't you? I just remembered it's a unification match at WrestleMania Backlash. And all I'm saying is, I love the way you worded this, and I've not written it down, so I apologize if I get this slightly wrong. Was he didn't just say, oh, yeah, I heard him um, bad mouth than you. He said, I just heard them uh, insulting your entire family, <laughs> yeah. which was just like a brilliant, like, I'm going to really over egg this pudding, but it's going to work. Uh, and he said, look, all I'm asking for is maybe a little bit of help if those bloody gits try and get involved in this lumberjack match. And, you know, you can always, you know, return the favour at some point. And I'll leave it with you. And he just sort of backs out of mm-hmm. frame. And Reigns is like, people bad mouthing me on my show. Take my wife's name out your... F- well, <laughs> I thought, what a brilliant, like, for once, yeah. WWE nailing the sort of relatively topical reference. And he basically instructed to get the Usos to take his name out of RK Bro's mouth. Great. So I really like this. I know I've been fairly vocal in my criticisms of Roman Reigns on this and other podcasts lately, but so here's what I liked about this. And we go back to this sometimes. About a year and a half ago, I stupidly dared to compare something from modern WWE to golden era WWE. It was it was uh, Corbin when he was skint. Remember that mm-hmm. segment? Well, like Kevin Owens said, just take this $20, but be better. Just be better. And then he got attacked and he had it taken off him. And a load of characters were interacting because they'd somehow managed to actually 
like embody these automatons with personalities and characteristics that could overlap with one another beyond the feud that they were in at this very moment. Sami Zayn is not feuding with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is not feuding, particularly, not really anyway, not yet, with Drew McIntyre. No. These are characters that have traits, that have personality types, that have things that will motivate them to do the things that they do. And you can bring them together, and it's all right, and it works. And I love that. I want that more than I want a good wrestling match on mm -hmm. SmackDown because I just need to see. We had this with Sammy. They did this exact same thing with Sammy and Brock. Remember when Sammy's been in this orbit already? Because he's got characteristics, not necessarily relatable, but you know who he is. Yes. So you can watch him behave in a way that you believe. So, of course, he now would. I'll picture that interaction with the Money in the Bank briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> you watch him snooping around RK Bro and um, Drew McIntyre. And you think, well, yeah, because he's about to have the match with Drew McIntyre. But when you understand a bit more about this character's motivations, you think, well, why would he want to be in on that? Because he's got to come face to face with Drew. He wants to go behind the back. He wants to find the shortcut. He wants to cheat. Roman Reigns, on the other hand, is a guy who they completely abandoned. It infuriated me. They completely abandoned his paranoia when it came to the match with Brock Lesnar. But Sami Zayn has watched, and Sami Zayn has seen that that exists. So play to that. Yeah. And I just, this is what I want from... Like, this is what I want from characters rather than holding up a finger and being unable, unable to sell me one single convincing match for WrestleMania Backlash because you have got nobody. No, they've like, got that. I will get to that. Absolutely in nobody. This is what I want. Like this a lot. This is going to remind me as you were talking about this. And this reminded me of a match and it's tinged with a great deal of sadness. But do you remember when Eddie Guerrero was getting really pally with Batista? Yeah. That, mm -hmm. but with Sammy and Roman and Sammy's got the briefcase and he's like, I never use this to cash in not, on you, obviously. You. Yeah. But, you know, it's There's a nice... There's no other champions anymore. You're not like you. Yeah. <laughs> like I just... Oh, man, I'm convincing myself more and more of this. Uh, we got another video package uh, or video uh, considering, uh, con con you know, contemplating what happened with, with Lacey Evans and her history. Um, deep stuff, this. Difficult childhood. Living in tents without a mother. Um, the more money that her father brought in, the more he was drinking and getting high. Um, she had to look after herself. She had to do her own makeup. She learned that she has to, you know, the only person who can really look out for you is you. Um, no support at home, believing in herself, learning to wrestle. Uh, and then she'd do all this work and then go home and find her father sort of passed out on the sofa. Um, but everything she's gone through has prepared her for a future. I don't know anymore. And I, I don't want to, we've missed a couple of weeks. And I think the first, was it when she was coming back? We hadn't actually seen her vignette, had we? We just like said, oh, like, there's like a real, yeah. there's a story behind Lacey Evans that is genuinely quite incredible. N like not for the good reasons, obviously, but like she herself. Yes. In spite of how she's been presented up until this point, there's a, there's a lot, there's a deep well. Um, I'm not sure, I don't, I don't quite know where I stand on how they've mined that well exactly. I, I worry a little bit. Far be it for me to call WWE exploitative, Will Bond. Mm -hmm. But I worry slightly that they've been so literal in how in what they've told us about Lacey Evans that it will just end up being exploitative if and when they kind of abandon it when she's back in the ring. They just don't. Yeah, care. I don't know how they're going to translate. It's really careless. Like it's a, they're a careless company that nothing. Look, and uh, this is not. This is an, this is informed of things that have happened on this episode. Mm. We've talked about Zia Lee. For example, you know, like the if you look at Butch or you look at Ludwig Kaiser, or whatever, these are just cartoons. It's, just, it's a nonsense show for the most part. And then you stop, you take a break from the nonsense mm. to talk in literal detail. You're not making allusions to things that went on. You are ex describing in excruciating and everything, yeah. painful detail of a, of a really, really difficult life. Like, I'm not, 
sure that that might, I think if you'd have kept it vague and made it like a, a, something that's influenced her as a person and maybe even tried to tie it to the past, as I tried to put that to one side and become the sassy Southern Belle to forget about that. I'm not that anymore. Mm. I've had another child in this time when it's made me realise that your past is just as important as your yeah. present and your future and I'm going to be this going forward. But instead, they've lent so heavily on it. Is it really going to feel like... So everything that she's endured, right, to where she's got to now, mm. is it really going to feel like the woman's title is that important compared to just the fact that she gets to live day by day as a happy adult considering the childhood she had? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know. And how long is it until they go, right, we're going to get your dad to, or, you know, reference your dad on... Someone's going to say it in a promo, yeah, or, or they lose interest in her and turn a heel. And it's like six months ago, look what you're asking us to think yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah. That's really tough to come back. I, I don't think WWE the company to handle this and they've no. done it now, so... <laughs> But they they given it they're giving it a lot of time so yeah. and I I appreciate that that they haven't just brought her back and be like cheer her now so I'll yeah. give them that yeah uh, main event time Drew McIntyre Sami Zayn lumberjack match the lumberjacks were uh, the Usos RK Bro Viking Raiders New Day Mansoor Jinder Mahal Shanky Sheamus Ridge Bloody Holland and bloody Shinsuke Nakamura what are mm. they thinking because I thought I don't know what happened last week but I thought oh you got a good story there good basic story. Shinsuke Nakamura gets injured or hurt in the attack by the bloodline when, you know, he's there and and, and uh, Romy gives him a hug and then Uso super kick him. And I was like, again, no one's buying that he's winning, but you have him, you announce, all right, we're going to have a match with you and, and Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns doesn't take him seriously at mm-hmm. all. And then at least on the night, you have at least one moment where he's like, oh, bloody hell, this is the guy from New Japan who, like, is a badass and, you know, Shows flashes occasionally, and one who eliminated him from the Royal Rumble many years ago. Mm. And now he's just, he can't next week convince me. You know, that guy who's just sort of there, you know, uh, in the midst of uh, this lumberjack match, he's number one contender. He could be the the unified world champion. Yeah. Maddening this. It's, it's not going to And it might still happen, but as you say, you can't then just sell it as a thing. You can't just take that guy that would just parade in the ringside and suddenly reinsert him to being a number one contender out of nothing. You, very rationally, and in my opinion, very logically, requested that by holding both belts, Roman Reigns became a Brock Lesnar figure. Hmm. They are, in fact, giving you the worst of both worlds because they are creating the idea that he's going to wrestle every week because he's here all the time. Mm. But they are not going to the trouble of creating matches for him. When Brock had nothing on the docket, there was no Brock. Yeah, That was the case with Brock as champion. Sometimes it might have felt a bit weird that your champion hasn't been seen in six weeks or something like that. But if there was no opponent that was on his level, the way he was, mm. until the time that something brought him back from that farm in Canada to make him pay attention. You know, I cannot believe I'm going to use this example. But when Hook held Danhausen by the throat because he <laughs> trodden them Christmas says, you have my attention now, that validates both Hook and Danhausen yeah. within the moment. This does the opposite to both Nakamura and Roman Reigns if they go near each other again. Yeah. Uh, and they recapped what's been happening in the feud. Sami Zayn running away. Yeah. I thought they'd maybe do something different last week, <laughs> but that apparently wasn't the case. Uh, but Sami Zayn, yeah, he's a man of his word. He tries to run away again immediately as soon as the bell rings. It rings here. But the Lumberjacks don't let him get away. Chuck him straight back in. 
tries it a couple of times. Then McIntyre gets him when he comes back in, chops him in the corner. Uh, and Zane counters that by sending McIntyre to the floor, at which point the likes of Sheamus and Ridgebully Holland beat him down before they throw him back in. Uh, when we come back from the break, again, it's Sheamus and Holland taking out McIntyre before they chuck him back in. But McIntyre recovers and hits Zane with a Glasgow kiss. A couple of belly-to-belly suplexes where he sends him all the way across the ring. Xavier Woods really enjoyed them. Uh, he sets up the Claymore kick, but Zane rolls out of the ring. Uh, RK Bro go after him. Uh, try to throw him back in, but they get attacked by the Usos. So the plan has worked for Sami Zayn. Uh, there's a big brawl at ringside. Zayn spots his moment, tries to leg it, but McIntyre catches him. Throws him back in. Uh, but in the midst of all this, he loses Sami Zayn and just decides to do a massive flip dive onto all the lumberjacks at ringside. So Zayn, you know, very much cowardly, but still a heel, so still wants to get the W at, at some point. He sort of contemplates going back in and, and getting the victory over McIntyre and thinks, nah, it's Drew McIntyre, bollocks, I can't handle this. Again, legs it, uh, at which point Adam Pierce comes out and says, well, I didn't think you could... You know, run away from a lumberjack, but Sami Zayn, congratulations, you've somehow managed to prove me wrong. But that's not going to happen next week where you're going to face Drew McIntyre inside of a steel cage. Uh, and then just to send the fans home happy, Jinder and, uh and Shanky attack Drew uh, as he's trying to shout after Sami Zayn. And Drew hits Jinder with a claymore and then yells in Pat McAfee's headset he's going to murder Sami Zayn next week and poses with his sword. What next for Drew McIntyre? Happy Corbin? Like, it's, it's people that he's beaten or interacted with in what feels like now an interminable amount of time away from the WWE slash Universal Championship, the, the belt of the great overlord, Roman Reigns or whatever. Um, this was... So this SmackDown was a one of... Doubleheader, wasn't it? The taped... They're going to be, I believe, they're going to be in Newcastle on the Thursday. Quite possibly, yeah, possibly I didn't realise that. In America that. on Friday. So the cage match is obviously because it's the sort of thing where you can just do it and it can be something nice for the crowd. They've seen him escape and escape. So what this was, was an extended bit masquerading as a match to make the evening... I thought make, the fans took it rather well. To make the evening make sense to the punters. So, fine. Me watching on television was just watching an extended bit masquerading as a match to sell a different match instead. I quite enjoyed their attempt at an extended bit as as far as these things go. I didn't feel conned. I didn't feel cheated out of something as far as something sh- closing the show went. So in that sense, I guess they deserve a, a bit of a hair ruffle for coming up with something <laughs> that was passable on television whilst selling something else to the people in the building for, you know, inverted commas next week's show. It's the strength of um, Drew McIntyre's obvious popularity as a baby face when trying to deal with a little squirt like Sami Zayn, and especially, I think, Sami Zayn's ability as this heel. He just knows himself so well, and he knows how to do all the little things so brilliantly. There just wasn't... It was a bit It was a bit more than it was a match, and you were watching, like, Wiley Coyote, and oh, no, that doesn't work, does it? Because, like, Wiley Coyote is not trying to escape world running. He's trying <laughs> to catch him. But you're just watching, like, you know, this this little cat and mouse thing that gets the traditional old Madison Square Garden payoff ending in, in a steel cage. I just don't... I don't know how they are continuing to... You know when... You know what I mean? You had to, by Phil Chambers' request, yes, go all the way out to Garland, Texas. Ugh. So far out to Garland, Texas, to watch Bloody Ring of Honor instead of going to SmackDown and the Hall of Fame of the Dead Men. Um, and we're just watching arguably the match of the year mm-hmm. in that furnace of a building. <laughs> and like Phil's watching literally no matches. Like I don't know how do we still selling tickets to these TV shows? Yeah, because they're not. They're not like fun experiences. They're not. I, I don't know. This was very, very house show, 
but that's almost an insult to the house shows because house shows are a pretty good time. Yeah, oh, they're great. I just, I, I think this is a bad, bad television show, SmackDown. I don't think this is particularly a problem isolated to this episode. I think this goes back months. Yeah, months it'll be interested to see what, uh, what, how they, you know, balance it out next week in terms of the fact like this was a double header, like you say. It was on the last one. Was that remember that like there was some phone footage of a contract sign? <laughs> A Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair contract signing where like she slammed her head on a table and it looked like a botch and they, they basically had a week. It was like Austin McMahon stunner, but they had longer to clean it up. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just I won't read the spoilers. I don't like no. to like spoil our previews and stuff. But it's not like when there's a Reddit thread about a rampage match that you're like, oh, I wish I knew, but I won't. This is more like, eh, might as well just pretend it's live. Yeah, see, I'm, see, I'm I'm kind of more more hyped about SmackDown still. But uh, maybe that's because I'm like, ah, oh, give him, I'll give him again, give him a bit of a pass mm. for what we've had, um, and there's a long way off all these stadium shows, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm hoping that at least for the go home for WrestleMania Backlash, which is a week on Friday, try a bit harder, just <laughs> please. Like, like, Don't make me have to try and argue the point coming in here. Basically, you know and I know that there will be absolutely zero WWE conversation between now and Money in the Bank because of double or nothing and. Forbidden Door. Yes. Before Money in the Bank when they're... It's almost like they pick back up again there. Yeah. But WWE can't think like that. <laughs> That's not their job. It's surreal, yeah, to think that, that like people... It's not like we go, so oh, they take their foot off the gas a little bit. But like, as far as I'm aware, it's not like they go, all right, all the big writers, you can go on holiday for a yeah. bit now. They're still just, they're just like, just don't try that much. <laughs> it's weird, but it... it, it it is what it is. That's that's the way Bjornas works around this time of year if you're a fan of WWE. But let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What I say, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Sid will be back later on to review AW Rampage. And then we'll all be back to look ahead to Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflit. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.